Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to Get It Off Your Breasts Live. Woo! It's so lovely to see so many of you out here tonight at the Hoxton Square Bar. And also, it feels really apt that our first live podcast is on International Women's Day. And for those of you who don't know, my name's Leanna Bird. And I'm Emma Gannon, and this is our first ever live episode, and we did a bit of a recce to see where we should host it, and as you can tell, this is kind of our vibe for the podcast. There's a disco ball, there's these like creepy leather chairs. We felt like we were going to do stand-up in like some weird bar in like LA or something. This is great. Um, we're so happy you're here, and please just feel free to get have drinks, have fun. This is just you know, a bit of fun on International Women's Day evening. And we'll be hearing from some of you after we've had our own discussion. Yes. So can't wait to hear what you've got to get up your breasts this evening as well. Exactly. It's not, you know, this isn't like a panel of, you know, us sharing all of our knowledge. Like, we, we, we know as much as we do, so please do share what you think. Um, it's much about you as it is about us. So... Let me just introduce our amazing panellists. So we've got Paris Lees, who is um, a writer and campaigner, and she, you might have seen her in Vogue this month. Um, she was part of the new Suffragettes um, profile feature, and, um, I mean, that was incredible. So congratulations on that and everything you've done. I feel like you've got the big guns in for your opening podcast. Maybe. I mean, we've gone big. We've <laughs> yeah. gone big. We've gone big. Um, and you guys have got so much to say. We're really excited. Also, I love how comfortable we all are up here. So, so comfortable. Um, and then amazing Megan Jane Crabb, whose book is actually on sale at the back. She's written the most amazing book about body positivity. And she's seriously leading the way in terms of activism to do with being body positive. Body Posy Panda on Instagram. You probably follow her. You've got like a million followers. Like, it's insane. And so um, we're really excited to hear from you guys. And actually, we wanted to start with you, Megan, tonight, if that's all right. So what do you want to get off your breasts? Okay, so, as you were just saying, I, um, I do body positivity. And um, so generally, all people, all bodies, all shapes, sizes, skin colours, uh, ages, abilities, genders, bloody good enough as they are, right? End of, end of story. Like, who could argue with that fact? But... Body positivity, like since it's got popular, has kind of been turned into other stuff. And something that it gets turned into now more and more is, well, essentially like another diet. So there is currently, for example, a very famous person off the TV. Um, no, no names mentioned, Chelsea. Um, and uh, her book is a fitness book, basically, how to get a body like hers. And she's called it Body Positive. Um, which I'm sure, like, she doesn't, she doesn't realise is a problem. But, yeah, so that annoys me very much. And also, you know, it just, it just carries on, like, Weight Watchers, for example, claiming to be body positive when they make billions of pounds every year telling women that they need to make their bodies smaller. So that just gets on my breasts. 
Yes. Totally. And Liana, you shared an interesting link earlier about where the line is when brands kind of co-opt a social movement. Yeah, I think, I, well, I think what you're saying is so true, in particular about Weight Watchers, and it's something that not just in the sort of body positive movement, but um, across so many social movement, movements, these brands, you can almost see them sort of sitting around having these board meetings going, hmm, that's the zeitgeist now, let's, uh, let's get that one in an ad. And, you know, the famous one, obviously, that just got it so wrong and was so tone deaf was the Pepsi ad, which we've all seen, right? Which was great, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, it was so tone deaf. And, you know, Kendall Jenner obviously got um, a hell of a lot of slack for that. But, but I also think that sometimes brands can get it right. And actually, sometimes, and I wanted to ask you what your thoughts on this were, Megan, because sometimes we're all in our little bubbles and we all run social media and, you know, the algorithms all make it so that we see opinions of people like us. And actually, brands can reach a wider audience. So if they do it in the right way, do you think it could be okay? Like, do you think if someone like Weight Watchers or, or another brand decided to sort of co-opt the body positive but make it, you know, make it actually mean something and actually give, give something back to the, that community, that it would be okay? Uh, well, to be honest, I think... I think you can't avoid all brand involvement altogether, partly because, like, we live in a capitalist society. It's not going to happen. But also, if brands do it right they can make it more a part of like the mainstream knowledge, the mainstream conversation. Like it can have its benefits. Like we've seen, for example, Misguided had a great campaign where it was so diverse, it was so representative. And I think like the, the big thing is there's a difference between brands wanting to represent and brands tokenizing yeah. body positivity where it's like, oh, tick, we've got one from each box. And then that's when it's like, come on, do you care about this? Or like, do you just want to get people on side? Um, I, think it, I think it can be done well, I do, but I don't think anything to do with diet culture, that, that for me is never going to work because that's like, that's like saying, yeah, we're all for people loving themselves when they're thinner. Um, and it's just, that just... <laughs> and by the way, by our brands. Exactly. Like, it's not, it's not going to fly for me, but I think it can be done well. Do you think as well it's kind of a case of put your money where your mouth is? I got asked to participate in a brand partnership recently. It was, um, again, I won't name any names, but it was, um, it was a T-shirt that was sort of um, uh, celebrating the Women's March and, um, and celebrating women and, and, and vulnerable women. And I just said to them, how much of your profits of the T-shirts are going to the charity? And they said, none of none. Yeah. And I just uh, literally wrote them like a really aggy email because I just thought... That is so wrong, and, I, and that is, for me, like the opposite of what these things should be. Do you think as well it, it, you need to really donate hard, cold cash as well? Yeah, sorry, just to jump in there, that just reminded me, because I got asked to do something recently um, with the brands, and I kind of like the brands, and they sent me this kind of splurge, and it was all about, you know, the thing that really annoy annoys me is this kind of like fake empowerment, and it was like empower, you know, makeup can help you find your kind of best self, and, you know, and I think makeup can be empowering for some people, that's fine, but it was all about empowering women and everything, and it was like, and the fee, you know? And it's like, if you really want to fucking empower me, pay me. Um, and, and they didn't, and they weren't offering a fee. And I just think, you are so hypocritical. And I think that, I think that's the thing, it's a hypocrisy. Because, you know, I actually think, you know, there is a space for Weight Watchers. And if people want to lose weight, then that's fine. But just be honest about what it is. Like, that is not body positivity, you know? So it's like, just be a little bit more authentic about 
what's what's happening here, really, rather than calling something that it's not. But I, I do think there's something really cynical uh, about the people that lead these campaigns. And it's like you don't you don't give a shit about these values. Excuse me, can I swear on this podcast? I mean, go for look, it. we've got pints, and people are like, <laughs> I know, but it's going to go on the internet, and kids could yeah. download it. And you it can and you can um, pipe up in the audience as much as possible as well. Please, like at the yeah. end, we're going to have a bit of a I'm debate. really common so I swear a lot but um, <laughs> yeah just uh, just it's the hypocrisy that, that gets me really yeah. Yeah. yeah I think one of the campaigns that did it quite well I don't know if you guys have seen it but um, the always campaign like a girl have you guys seen that as well yeah um, they, what I thought they did quite well was firstly that the message was quite good because it was, if anyone who hasn't seen it, it's basically they asked sort of older teens and in their 20s, girls and boys, um, to, to act out what it is to fight like a girl or to run like a girl or to throw like a girl. And they all kind of do it in a very kind of like <laughs> sort of pathetic, girly kind of flimsy way. And then they ask kids that question. So they ask little girls, you know, how do you throw like a girl or fight like a girl? And they do it in a kind of tough way that they would do it you know I run really fast so I'll show myself running fast and it was kind of asking the question like at what point do we become conditioned to think that like a girl means basically weak pathetic sort of crap basically um but what they did which was what you were talking about Emma putting your money where your mouth is they made the whole campaign actually give a lot back so they partnered with like 30 organizations um, working with girls in developing countries, helping to teach them about health and sanitation. They developed like a feminist emoji keyboard. They did loads of work around it and they weren't really even talking about the products in the campaign as well. So I think when you do it like that and you actually have an actual social conscience and you're actually feeding back into the community that you're almost, um, I don't want to say necessarily using, but you are kind of, I suppose, using to, to promote your own brand, then it feels like at least it's a bit of a fair trade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think... Like, as, as, as we were saying, like, that advert, kids are going to see that. And I still remember ridiculous adverts from my childhood. They kind of, don't know, like, taught me what was funny or what was the norm. Like, that God, what was your fave? What was my fave? Oh, I don't know. I don't, well, no, there was a terrible one, I remember, when I was in school. I can't even remember what it was for. It was the belly's going to get you. Does anyone remember that? And yeah, it was I remember like, that. Yeah, it was like this horrible, <laughs> fat phobic, like, like shaming tango advert. thing. I don't know. Oh, you've been Tango. That was another one. Know? Yeah. Was it, it was tango. Yeah, it was I'm just all absolutely about terrible. The tango yeah, and it gets it does stick with you as a kid. And yeah, you can either have a positive impact with normalising these things, even though you know it, it is also to do with money. Can't help that in the society. Um, or you can fuck it up. So, so why did a brand like Pepsi? Why did that fall so flat? Why not even just flat? I mean, why did it make people so angry? What was well, it, I missed the Pepsi one. What so they that? basically, um, they had, it was Kendall Jenner, but it was kind of like um, a march, and it was, <laughs> it, was, it was Kendall Jenner solves racism with a can of yeah. Oh, God, that was, oh, yeah. yes, oh, yeah, where she's walking yeah. towards them. And, and it was, it was, oh, it, it right, was in okay, a year yeah. that, like... No, I, I, I do remember that. I blocked it out. And, and it, was in a, it was in a year that, like, 280 black people had been shot by police in America, and yet they were, like, you know, holding up signs saying, like, love, and Kendall Jenner goes and gives a... Pepsi yes. to a policeman and suddenly it's all okay and there's yeah. no riots. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, a thought. Do you think as well we need to p kind of put a bit of blame on like the publisher who is doing that person from the TV show we won't mention's book and the advertising agencies that make Kendall Jenner's? I feel like Kendall Jenner and that and the woman who won't be named, they're responsible <laughs> but I also feel like you know, books and adverts don't just pop up. Like mm. teams of people make them. Do you think that there's anything that needs to be done in terms of where the ideas are even originated? 
Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think it's always very telling, like, essentially when a company doesn't have, like, a diverse board or, like, production team, or, like, the, the ideas people. Yeah, which is most. Um, and I think we, we do tend to attack, like, the individuals. For example, whenever there's, like, a fashion shoot or anything where it's not properly diverse, the models will get attacked. More often than not, they've been hired to do a job, and they're probably not actually, like, told the ins and outs of it until they get there. Um, and you can do everything you can, and it might not still be good. Like, I actually, I did something very recently... And before I agreed to do it, I literally said, right, can you tell me that this is going to be truly diverse? Like, are they going to be actually fat women? Are they going to be dark-skinned women of colour? Otherwise, I'm not interested. Um, there was one of either, one of both. And that was a bit, like, tokeny for me. And I really, really wanted it to be better. But by the time, like, I was there, and it was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? I mean, and it wasn't awful. I think it still had its, like, its benefits, but... Yeah, at what point is it like attacking the people or attacking the people whose idea it was? Okay, I have a question for you on that. So if, if you're saying you wouldn't want to be involved with something if there wasn't a larger woman or a dark-skinned woman there, like how far do you take that then? Because I know that I've been on panels before and panels that I've organised where we've had people of colour on the panel, people have criticised that there should have been more and it's kind of like, but there isn't a disabled person on the panel. It's like there, there wasn't an older person on that panel. You know, it's like... Um, if, if we were to make everything truly diverse, every panel would need to have 50 people on it representing every diversity strand in the UK. So, like, what, how do you pick and choose when it's diverse enough for you? Do you see what I mean? Because was there a trans woman on it? And I like, you know, absolutely in an ideal world, like it would be literally everyone. But then, but then also that falls into like how, it, when is it ticking boxes? And yeah. like, yeah, I'd, I, I don't know. Well, I know what people criti criticise the most, obviously, which is when it's like obviously visually yeah, not diverse. Yeah, because race is very, very yeah, visual. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would just fucking love if, if it was just the norm, you know, because it's just still seen as like a big deal. Like it's a headline, like front page news, like diverse campaign. Why yeah. is it not just every, like all of them? And like you said, like not everyone is going to have every single intersection of people's identity. Yeah. But, but if, if every panel was aiming to be diverse, then over time it would even out so that everybody's yeah. being represented somewhere would be yeah. the ideal situation. And, and isn't it also that there's not just like many of the same type of person yeah. on it? So you can never get a panel unless you had, like you said, like a panel of 100 people to represent everyone. But as long as there's not just like so many faces looking the same and coming from the same background, yeah. then at least you know it's mixing up. Do you guys, though, on that point, do you, do you ever worry and feel like when you're being booked for jobs like there's something cynical behind it and you're almost being like there to make up a number I mean I, I, I wouldn't think people would book you for that I'm not suggesting that but I, I, I but like I to do. think that people book me because I'm fabulous but <laughs> indeed um, but no seriously they're like yeah totally and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that really because I've, I always say to kind of people that are, that are coming up um just grab it, you know. It's like nobody's handing it out to trans women on plays or, or people of colour. You know, it's like if, if, if you can actually use, you know, what, what's held you back to benefit you, you'd be fool not to, you know. So I don't really know where I, I, I sit on that because I've had some really amazing opportunities because people have wanted to make things diverse and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And I say this as somebody who's, you know, I, I organised a panel for The Guardian a couple of years ago and I, I did want it to be diverse in terms of race as well. And um, it's kind of like trans people are like less than 1% of the population, right? And it's like, you know, to find people of colour within, like there are people now, I know, you know, but you can name on one hand kind of, but in terms of people who've actually got 
got a public voice out. It, it's really, really um, difficult. And I, I, I kind of did, I was specifically thinking, I'm looking for a person of colour who's trans. So it's like, is that box ticking? Is that tokenism? Or is that going out of your way to try and make something inclusive? Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to give people a break sometimes as well. Like, I, I think there's, it, it, there's worse things than somebody including you because they want to include a trans woman. That's the way I would look at it. Yeah. Well, should we move on to your... You're on a roll. Are we on, on me? <laughs> yes. I just gonna, want to moan about men. Yeah, so um, <laughs> please tell us your topic and we're going to... I think this will be an interesting one. I'm just, I'm so sick of men. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm sort of single. Um, no, I am single. Um, had we love men, by the way. This is just about dating, right? No, I mean, you speak for yourself, Emma. But, um, <laughs> I love men. Hashtag no, men. Ha not hashtag men. not all men. Hashtag just a significant fucking proportion. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I, I love men. And actually, that, that is the problem, really. Um, <laughs> It's, um, that, it, that is my cross to bear. And honestly, genuine, can I just say genuinely, and I, I, I really don't mean this in a kind of like, you know, lesbianism is just a consolation prize or, you know, oh, I'd love to be like, no, genuinely have fucking prayed to be a lesbian because, because you know, the, the way men have treated me in my life. But I, I do love men and it, it does mean having to deal with them on dating apps. So I'm on the dating apps. And I, the thing I want to get off my, my chest is just how... It encourages people to treat people so appallingly. And, you know, the bar's pretty low anyway, right? Um, but you, you kind of find yourself doing it in the sense that people are so disposable that you're just kind of swiping, thinking, twat, 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 twat. Twat. Um, I don't twat. Think, oh, I'm swiping on him. I don't think that was the word you used earlier. You've toned it down. I've, I've toned it down. We're drinking red stripe. This is I'm, like, you I'm can swear. No, I, I actually do. I do. No, I'll, I'll own it. I use the C word when I'm going through. I'm like, like literally. And, and then I'm like, who are you? Like, and, and I think there's something about them because the medium's the message, right? I, you know, it's, it's totally different if you get something written on a post it note than if it comes on letterhead paper from Buckingham Palace. You know, it's like being in person. It's like I really firmly, and there's something about that medium that just encourages people to treat people appallingly. And I, I put my hands up that I've been sucked into it, but. I don't know, it's just, it's not a flakiness. And then I do it, and I, I'll be, like, really into someone. And then it's, like, so it's really, I, I matched with a really hot guy on, like, Monday. And he was, like, oh, hi. And I was, like, hi. And, uh, and he was cool with me being trans and all of it. And I was, like, yeah, let's meet up for a drink. And I was, like, well, I could meet him on Thursday because I'm doing my panel, so I'm going to have my makeup. And, and then I just didn't message him back. And it's, like, I don't know. Like, uh, it's, I, I just think that these apps are kind of encouraging us to treat people really badly and I just wondered what people's experience there but I'm the only single person on the panel right well we, we were saying because this is I, bullshit I, <laughs> this is bullshit I just find it really interesting because I used to go on dating websites I feel like yeah, that's, that's such a 90s phrase because it's like I think that good. a big it wasn't a dating agency Emma that would have been proper I remember spending three whole days off work filling in a profile <laughs> because I was you know it's like do you smoke do you want children like body shape blah, blah, blah. but I, I just I really wanted this profile to like you know really sell me so I spent loads of time Hang on what on kind it. of profile are we talking about it was just about like Guardian anyway. soulmate also okay. you have to pay for it so I was like I'm going to put all this effort into it <laughs> 
But I feel like even that, you had more respect for the person because you knew more about them. And I think without being in person, without body, imi- body image, without body language, and without sort of, um, you know, humour and just reading Pheromones. Them, pheromones. Yeah. You can't obviously have a connection, but I feel like you're so right. Even to go from a desktop to an app, we are lowering our own behaviours when it comes to people. Can I ask you, when you do your swipes and you go twat and you swipe away, are you just looking at the photo or do you actually bother to read a little bit and then go, oh no, it sounds like a twat? Well, no, I mean, I purely do it just based on how they look, which is ter- <laughs> which is really, really bad because, you know, there, there, there are guys that I've dated who've been really, really, really attractive and sexy who actually, if I'd just seen a picture of them and I think about my ex-ex-boyfriend, I mean, there's been a few at this point... Um, <laughs> And uh, he, was, he was really hot, but he was like a bit of a hippie. And he's not my usual type, and he was a bit younger than me. And I think if, if he, he's not very, like, big taking photos kind of person. And I wouldn't have swiped on him. And the fact is, if he'd have matched me, because he'd never met a trans woman before, if he'd have matched me on the app, I know that he would have gone, oh, she's trans, and wouldn't, wouldn't have swiped on me. So... But then I have, I have had a long-term relationship out of an app. So obviously there's, there's pros and there's cons, but I, I, I do feel that it doesn't, it doesn't give you a chance like, you know, to, to meet people. And there is something about the way people move and hold themselves. And, and sometimes you need to get in and get a good sniff, you know, to see, is this person right for me? You know, would it, will his seed provide children? Well, I can't have children, but, you know, there is... A, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. It's a red stripe. We had a rider with red stripe. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> we had a fucking red stripe. But um, <laughs> we talking think, about? Do you think this transcends dating, though? Because I would also argue that, you know, I've got into stupid Twitter arguments with people who I know that if we had a drink together, we would get on so well. And I just wonder, is social media making us less... Um, what's the word? Yeah, nice. you've been really rude nice. to me on Twitter yeah. before. Understanding. You were really rude to me on Twitter. I nearly didn't come here tonight. You did not? Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, it's all coming it's out. It's all now. coming out. Do you ever. I mean, you I'm not really. Do you, do, not really. We've always been Twitter files. Um, have you ever had anything kind of said to you where you think you, you definitely just see me as a profile picture? Oh my God, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think like being a woman on the internet, uh, let alone being a woman on the internet who like sometimes wears underwear. Um, yeah, people are dicks. Uh, people are real, real dicks. And they, they wouldn't say these things in real life. Like the, the things you hear are absolutely horrendous. Um, but it's, it's the confidence, isn't it? It's like the keyboard warrior confidence. I can say anything I want to you because you can't see my face. Ha ha ha. Um, and my absolute favorite thing in the world is when, so I, I've had friends who've been like trolled outrageously when they go onto that person's profile and do a little bit of digging and like find the school they go to or like find their parents and then send it to the school or their parents and then they actually get real life consequences from what they're saying that is my favorite thing jack white from the white stripes had the best description of it he said um anyone commenting on on the internet and kind of abusing it's just the sea of cowards i quite like that expression the sea of cowards but i think well you're right though like technology can remove you and i've been guilty of it too because even on the phone you know when you're talking to like i don't know the internet engineer or something and you find yourself being and i get well you obviously get wound up because you've been on the phone for like half an hour and this poor person who's in a call center somewhere it's like clearly doesn't really know what they're doing but they're trying to fix it and you can end up being really really rude and i just check i find myself like i have to check myself and i'm like if that person was standing here trying to fix it i'd be offering them a cup of tea i'd be like having a chat about the weather and i'm actually kind of like basically screaming at a stranger i feel like i want to hear your rude like 
on the phone voice. Oh, Can no, we do don't, a bit of role play? Don't, right. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I can't. Um, I can't fix it today. I'm you sorry. Fucking real bloody life. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> like punk rock. That, that was me this morning to the bed delivery guys, literally <laughs> crying on the street, going, "Why are you doing this to me?" Like, I, just I find that bed. interesting <laughs> that you yeah. need to on the phone. I mean, I'm pretty rude to my postman on a regular basis. To his face. My no. house, because my housemate, and I have to, because I work from home, I have to sign for stuff, and like, I open the door, and I'm just like. You again. Like, <laughs> do I have to sign for this? Like my my oh ASOS delivery man is oh like my is best really friend. Bad? I see him like every week. I made him cookies at Christmas. He's such a babe. He's called Lona. That's his name. He's a babe. So they get cookies at your house. They don't get cookies. At my house. <laughs> I, I I'm the same because I work on my own all day. Sometimes like that's the only human interaction I get, and I'm like so over friendly. So I'm like. But I think part, part of it is because now we have to go through so many, like, um, you know, those sort of robotic recorded voices before you can even speak to a person. So by the time you actually speak to a human being, you're so, like, wound up and stressed and exhausted by, like, pressing all the numbers and going round and round and round that you're already wound up. And yeah, the more kind of, the less kind of human the interaction, the more kind of stressed we get. But also, I would just say to you, to break the norm, if everyone's being a dick, don't be the dick and you get, you get things. So recently, a flight was cancelled and everyone was going mental. Like, people in an airport in Britain, I feel like, are the, like, the worst. Like, you know, we go really bad. We're like little gremlins. But then I basically kind of let everyone freak out. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go up and just be like, it's fine, whatever. Just, I'll take one for the team and, like, get on the next one. And basically, um, you know, it's fine. And then I went back and sat down, and, and one of them just, like, gave me a voucher for £100 and was like, because you've been nice, whilst Aww. everyone else is being awful. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not here, like, oh, me this and my vouchers. This is princess die. But... <laughs> you are, like, the opposite of me, Emma. I did it as a social I go and I'm like, I'm a doctor. I need to go home and do an operation. I'm not a doctor at all, but I'm like, I must be on this plane. And you're like, it's fine, everyone go I ahead just, I think I just felt bad. But I'm just saying that sometimes when you don't... Join Join in on that is kind of good. I, and that's nice. I have got quite far being rude and obnoxious <laughs> in my okay. life. Fine. Paris, I feel like Here's me and you are like the bad ones now. Like we're like the ones yeah. who like shower people and you're like the cookies and the vouchers. I, I'm and basically <laughs> where I am today through being vile. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think what, what you were, what you were saying joke. about, um, you know, the, the dating apps as well is really interesting because um, I have to think about my past relationships as well and some of the people I've met, they grow so much more attractive over time. So, yeah. like, sometimes you yeah. do and so you see someone and you're like, oh, my God, you're hot. But sometimes you see them and you just maybe see them as a friend or whatever. But then they're really funny. And, and yeah. it's not just that you think, oh, they're attractive because their personality, but you yeah. actually start to see them in a different yes. way. Yeah. And I remember one guy, I was like, you know, after we'd been together a little while, I was like... You're, you're genuinely like beautiful like not just inside but or outside like one of the most beautiful people I've seen but I didn't definitely didn't think that at the beginning yeah. and I definitely don't think that now either I, 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 I don't need to see people's penises either before before and buy me coffee first right like, and that's becoming like more common now on dating apps what penis where, first where were you last on penis first coffee second yeah just just sending pictures of the, and it's like Okay, like, I don't need to see... Wait, Have you what I don't that? understand is, like, what do they think is going to happen? Do they think we're going to be like, oh, yeah, come over right now. I love but getting unsolicited dick it's pics. It's never a nice one. It's always, like, a dry old thing, isn't it? Well, like, I actually... <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was, you know... I got one um, just last week, actually, from what appeared to be... Uh, 
just a, just a middle-aged man who had photoshopped his penis to come up to about here and be about like this big. And I was like, oh no. Like a prize marrow. <laughs> but, but in a way, isn't it forcing people to be a bit more like inventive? Because there was that guy, I think last week, I'm not talking about with their penis photos, <laughs> with the dick pigs. Um, but there was that guy, was it last week? He was called Sam. And he basically did like a PowerPoint presentation on himself on his photos. And it was really funny. And like, he was, you know, he was, fine looking guy but he basically got so many um, girls just like swiping yes on him because he had done something a bit unique a bit cheeky and a bit funny and is it like with these apps it's now actually going okay well you've got to be think a bit out of the box you can't just put like here's my hottest photo like actually show a bit about you as well I'm not quite wary about stunts or anything that feels like this guy met in he's like do you like competition and I was like yeah I'm quite competitive and then he's like do you want to come and play a game of poker with me in my housemates and I was just like this is just so gimmicky poker or poke her Uh, uh, chance uh, to be a fine thing (laughs) Um, okay we could talk about that for hours we'll carry on after this planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Liana, what's your topic? Okay. Okay, I want to get off your breast. So I start to think that what I want to get off my breast tonight might only relate to me in this room, so it's a little bit narcissistic, so apologies. But maybe some of you can relate in a different way. Um, but basically, as you may have noticed, I am pregnant. I haven't just eaten a huge Yay. dinner tonight. Um, but since I've been pregnant, I've noticed something really weird, which is that it's like be- people suddenly have a license to like not only just comment on your body in a way they haven't before and either go to you like oh you look huge or even just like a month ago people would say to me like oh you look really small congratulate like well done you're really neat and I was like well that's weird um, and even strangers will come and like want to touch you and I don't know it's just it's a really it, I find it almost embarrassing and I was I was saying to Emma before actually like when you're a teenager and you start to get boobs for the first time and you're a bit like a bit embarrassed that you're wearing your first bra and you're a bit like oh I hope my my dad's friends don't notice or like you know people don't see that I've got boobs and I felt a bit like that like when I was out and people were kind of really staring at you and like going oh I felt like oh embarrassed like everyone's stop looking at my body and analysing me and it was really strange and I just feel like why do people feel they suddenly have a permission to co- not only comment on the way you look but also literally physically touch you yeah. do you think it's I because I was really interested that you were going to talk about this tonight because I feel like I accidentally do the wrong thing all the time so it's good to like know when you get it wrong because earlier I had like a reflex 
to touch you. And I know that's really weird, but I, it was that's like just I saw I'm you. That's just because I'm so sexy, Emma. But I saw you, and then and like I was just like, oh, there you like I just wanted to touch it, and I feel like <laughs> I'm. <laughs> and so I'm just sort of putting myself out there for maybe the. And I know that now. Now I know not to do that. No, but I don't mind. Like the thing is, I don't actually mind. Like I, I'm. If you want, like you're my friend, and it's fine. It's more just like it's that's it's that you realise that those boundaries have changed. So I'm quite a touchy feely person anyway, and I probably cross that line and like touch people way too much anyway. But it's like people you don't know just touch you, or like guys touch you who are your your friends, and you just feel a bit like you wouldn't normally do that. And it's just it's just almost like curious as opposed to like I hate it and I. I'm furious about it. It's more just like, this is weird. This is a weird, unique time in your life when suddenly mm. it's open all seasons. <laughs> Anyone can just go and touch me. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's really weird. It's like, and it is like a phenomenon. Like, pregnant women's bodies become like public property or they're seen mm. as public property. That's fucked up. That's weird. Um, and I don't have an experience of that. But uh, I do have colourful hair and people, old ladies, often come up to me and start fondling my hair um, and, and just, just talking away at me. And it's like, how also when that happens how do you say like get off me but without like appearing to be rude because I don't want to like make an old lady feel bad but come on man boundaries also, I, I wouldn't go into I wouldn't go into a room and if someone had a new haircut and I didn't like it or whatever I wouldn't be like oh that's a shit haircut it's strange that but people don't think to if you know is it okay to make a comment on your I, I just don't really feel like I can contribute to this conversation because I have no idea what it feels like for my body to be constantly up for public debate <laughs> on and on and on people speculating about what my body is and isn't or what I should do with it I mean it's just totally alien to me really you need to watch something that Paris uh, made with BBC Three that video which, what, what? The one that was like, what to do and what to not say, or what to say. Yeah, bad yeah. questions to ask a trans person. Yeah, because yeah, we get asked a lot of stupid people. Like, stupid people, stupid things like, are, are your breasts real? Or like, um, have you had the op? And it's like, why mistake first? Do people, do people try and ask you a lot about sex as well? Because uh, one of my friends, he's trans, they, said that people constantly ask about like, how do you have sex? And what is and like really detailed questions? They're like, I've literally just met you. I get it's invited really... to have sex a lot. Um, do, yeah, I don't know. Do people ask me about sex? I don't know if anything. I think my friends. I think because they know that I'm kind of like right on on the old trans rights thing. Um, are quite respectful and I kind of surround myself with quite respectful people. But it it does amaze me that the questions that that people will will ask you when you're a trans... It's like literally your genitals are a kind of like, um, you know, dinner party conversation kind of thing. Um, and what's really interesting to me is that people assume, like people kind of like assume one way or the other that whether you've had the op or not. Um, like some people just say, oh, you know, when you had the op and everything. And it's kind of like, well, I never really actually discussed that with you. Other people are saying, you know, when you have the op. And I'm like... Well, how do you know that I haven't? And it, but there's no kind of like people just, and, and it really interests me, like what informs that to make you think that you're so sure? Because people, or maybe they're just testing it out. I don't know. But I think, I think we are fascinated about other people's bodies as human beings. I think that's totally normal. Like we look each other up and down, don't we? You know, it just, it's, it's an automatic thing you know is this person someone that I can upset with is this someone who will fight me are they you know are they 
my family? Are they? Um, but I think it's it comes down to the the free speech thing. It's, it's okay to kind of think things. You know, I might I might look at an older person and think, God, do you like still fub yourself off? You know, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't. I've never thought of that, and now I will. I'm going to think that now. Every every time you see an old woman, you're like... (laughs) But you don't have to ask people. And it's like, you might be curious about all sorts of things. You might think, oh, does it... It's it's like with gay people, like, oh, does it hurt when you take it up the arse? It's like, you can think that. Don't ask a human being that, unless you're kind of on that level with them. And it's like, I don't care if you're curious about my junk, you know. Like, literally buy me steak first. So... And also, like, you're, you're not a spokesperson for the entire trans community. I kind of am. <laughs> I think it's interesting that it's down to just strangers. You know, that's just... It's not okay. I mean, it's also not okay if you're sitting around, like, trying to have, I don't know, like, Easter lunch and someone's talking to you about that, I'm sure. But it's, there's something about a stranger feeling like it's okay to ask. I don't understand where that thought process begins. It's, it's weird, though, because I, I was thinking a lot recently as well how, like, we all as women obviously comment on each other and get commented on a lot about the way we look. And I was noticing it with some of my godchildren because I, when people come in and the little girls are there, everyone will say, cute outfit or love your hair or you look lovely tonight. And they never say that to the boys. They never go like, oh, what a cute T-shirt you've got on. They will say things like what are you reading at the moment or what's your favourite sport and I, I think like from such a young age we start commenting on how each other looks so maybe when you are doing something or you are someone a little bit uh, outside of what is the average norm everyone just thinks well it's okay to comment on because we've been doing it to each other since we were tiny children in a way we had, had it done to us rather I hear that I have quite a strong reaction to that though, because like you know I kind of hear what you're saying like, sometimes like, you have like a group of you know men and women and people will comment on what the woman's wearing but it's like uh, with, with Jennifer Lawrence for example you know she was photographed in that gorgeous Versace dress and they were stood outside and all the men were wearing coats and everything kind of thing and people say oh it's because she's a woman and it's like no she's wearing something that is designed to draw as much attention to her body as possible like if there was a man wearing like really tight shorts and like a top with his chest open people would have commented on that and so I think that you know it's different when we're talking about kids because we're almost teaching them that that's important and that's what they should be interested in but I think as adults you know sometimes we do put more effort into our appearance than guys you know if you've spent time putting makeup on colors on your face and hanging accessories from your ears and all the rest of it it's like well people are going to comment on your appearance more because you've you've done more things to attract attention to you yeah, yeah. I don't I, I feel like it's a matter of not doing that. I think it's do both. You know, like yeah. whether it's whether it's kids or adults, it's brilliant to say people say to people like your makeup is slaying is by the way. Um, but also, you're a fucking wise, incredible woman, and that is that's equally as important to say. Thanks, babe. <laughs> oh, you Very official, right? Like, right, right. Back oh, oh, come here then. <laughs> I love loving this. <laughs> is it? Is it? My time? Yeah, go on, Emma. Um, Get something off your breast. <laughs> I can see you're bursting. You're bursting. No, I'm this only saying that because I actually feel like my topic's just so much less than. Um, but I'm finishing off, so it's fine. And also, we're doing your guys' one. Um, so my topic was actually um, how it seems like socially and in professional and personal spheres that this anxiety around having to be busy all the time sometimes come from comes from each other and the conversations we have with each other. So recently, um, my older sister um, 
had a, well, sorry, my sister-in-law had a baby. And I just noticed that the first thing people said to her when she had this baby was, are you having another one? Like, immediately. And I was like, can we not just celebrate this, literally, this baby that's like two days old? Like, this is so weird. And um, I, I've had it so much when I do something that I think that is not like a big thing, but just like that I've put a lot of effort in to. And they're just like, oh, are you doing another one? Like, maybe a book. Where yeah. are you doing another one? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And I just wondered if you guys have ever had this where you're just thinking, can we not just reflect for a minute on what we're doing? Like, whether it's in our personal life or in our professional life, why are we always asking each other what's next? Mm-hmm. It happens in interviews all the time in magazines. Someone's just won an Oscar and they're like, so what's next? <laughs> I, I really like this idea that your womb has to be busy. <laughs> don't, don't want an empty womb, you know. <laughs> Get another baby going. Pop another one in. It's a lot another of pressure. Another one in the oven now. Yeah. A lot of pressure. It's it, it's when people get married as well, isn't it? The, or, the, or you move in together. So you move in and people are like, oh, you've moved in. When are you get married? You're married. Oh, when are you yeah. going to have kids? And yeah. you know, when just, are you going to die? Is yeah. The end <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. Um, but yeah, and 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 again, in, like in your professional. I mean, but I think we also put pressure on ourselves. So I know for me, like. You know, I had a book out, and when I did, like, I didn't take that moment to, to sort of bask and enjoy and just go, yes. I actually was going, right, right, what am I going to do next? And we do put that pressure on ourselves as well because you want to constantly be working towards some, some sort of next goal. Otherwise, you feel like, you know, you're going to just disappear and you're yeah. going to have no work and et cetera. Definitely. I think this is, like, especially on social media, there's this whole trend of, like, you've got to be on your grind all the time. Because all we see every day is, like, people going to these amazing events or, like, wearing that bomb outfit. And, like, we're just inundated and it's like we're never doing enough. And uh, I don't know if anyone in the audience has anxiety. Um, that, <laughs> that, that fucks you up. That really does. And it makes you believe that you can't take a minute. You can't actually just chill out for a while but we all need to like we cannot be on the go 24 7 what's next what's next because we'll burn out some people are like literally always on instagram stories and i'm just like i don't know how you do it like literally my life's actually a lot more fabulous than my online life but i can't post half of it like because it's a full-time job isn't it but some people just like literally on it all the time and i'm just like is this all you do but then you meet those people in real life and they're sitting there. And I do. I know the people with like the biggest social media, and I'm talking about like hundreds and hundreds of thousands, like, you know, they're never really with you because they're kind of like, they're with you. You have a lot of followers, don't you? On your... We did, we, we did a little bit of I haven't seen you on your media. phone once tonight, Megan. I Thank have. You. I like to be, uh, well, present. She's been fiddling away back there. <laughs> <laughs> on that, her phone. But that's an interesting point, though, Megan, because do you think that what Emma was talking about, that sort of, what am, what am I doing next, but also what are you doing next, do you think that's partly because so much of our lives are public now and, you know, you, you do something good or you achieve something and if you haven't shared it with other people, it hasn't even really happened. So we're all trying to kind of get that sort of social media moment to show off a little bit. Do you think that's yeah. the, where the pressure comes from, in a way? I, I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. And also, I think sometimes it's so, like hyped up on social media actually beyond what it is like what was that thing was it last year was it like Omarion or something and he like did a photo that was like yeah on my private jet and then um, the background of the picture it was like I don't know if it was like a Ryanair flight but it was a it was a public flight and people started calling him out and then it turned into a thing like what are people actually faking that their lives are so like fabulous and eventful and it's just not real so yeah I think that that goes towards it as well 
Yeah, I think we're going to miss out on a lot if we're constantly looking for the next thing. And also, I was reading earlier about how, you know, how long our careers are going to be now. We're going to be working for so long. Um, so I'm just thinking, God, this needs to be something that we sort of nip in the bud. Because if we're always wanting the next thing, we're going to get to like really old age and be like, what did I... I didn't even see any of that happen before my eyes. Or love what you do. If you if you love it, you'd want to you'd want to carry on, wouldn't you? You'd never want to yeah, def- retire. Definitely. I just think I'm trying to be more um, kind of cautious in what I say to other people. I don't want to ever feel like I'm being that person because I interview a lot of people. That's like what I do now. I don't ever want to be like, great, great, great. What are you doing next? But you can't ask people what they've done because we know what they've done. I've seen that you had avocado toast for breakfast. <laughs> you know, today. No, not. But you what are you going to have tomorrow? Like, I've got so to it ask has the to be. What are you having next? You know, because I've seen you had the pulled pork yes. yesterday. Yeah. Seen it. We've <laughs> okay. all seen it. I liked okay. it. It'd be ridiculous to ask you what you had for dinner yesterday because I fucking liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love this. Emma, this is, is so it, fun. Is so, it partly freelancer fear, though, Emma? Do you think that that whole? I mean, the person, the stuff you're talking about, like the babies and the marriage and the living and the where's your relationship and your personal life going next? That's that's like everyone feels that kind of weird pressures. Um, you know, if you're single as well, it's like, oh, are you, are you dating? Like, oh, who are you seeing? It's like, all right, just leave me alone. But with the with the kind of like, what are you doing next, work-wise? Is that a freelance thing? Because you're constantly like in fear that it's going to suddenly all dry up and disappear, and you'll have nothing, and you're like. Uh, maybe <laughs> it Thanks. is for me. Thanks. That's just me. No I, no, I think you're right. But I actually didn't mean it that much in a professional sense. I did mean it in like a personal sense. But um, I'll, I'll think about I'll think about that. Um, no, no, I'm joking. I th- right now we're going to move on to three topics from the audience. Ask us anything. Um, yeah, well, well so we've actually, we haven't got any shame. Shola, our amazing producer, Shola, has collected... Woo! Woo-hoo, Shola yeah, is yeah, like... Show some love for Shola. Seriously amazing. At the beginning, as you all came in, hopefully you were all given a piece of paper asked to get something off your breast. Um, so thank you to everyone who handed something in. Shola, Thanks, Shola. has picked three... Um, would you like to read them out though yourselves if we say who the, who who they are? Yes, yeah? we have David is the first one. David. David here. David. Just a here? little spiel would be amazing. <laughs> David, what would you like to get off your breast tonight? <laughs> Hello, um, my name's David. I don't actually have any breasts uh, yet. Never too late. <laughs> uh, but what I wanted to get off of my uh, tits uh, was that as a man. Uh, I'm often expected by other men to join in with amusing, and that's in inverted commas, uh, sexist bants in the workplace. I love this one. I mean, I don't love it, but I just love that we're going to discuss it. <laughs> can I ask though, David, so can you, can you give an example maybe? Yeah, well, I, um, I started uh, working at a, for a particular firm. They were an uh, automotive firm, so you might expect quite a macho environment. Um, and I was new and obviously trying to create a good impression, especially with, you know, going for drinks with, with the guys after work. And there was quite a lot of, you know, quite sexist comments about rating the other women in the office, all that kind of stuff, which happens everywhere. Um, and it's, I found it difficult because, you know, despite myself, I did find myself going, hi, yeah, that's funny. Um, because there's a lot of pressure. Um, so I just wonder. How, that, that's why I wanted to get off my. Off can my I? Chin. Can I ask you? Are you? Are you? You're based down here now. I am based down here. Okay. Where are you, where are you from originally? Which part uh, of Scotland? Dundee. 
Okay. And are you are your colleagues English? Um, uh, well, I thought I no longer work for that company. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, uh, but was that down here when you were working? Yeah. 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 yeah okay. In London. Okay. Yeah. But it's weird because I don't think they would make the same kind of they, they would make similar racist comments. You know, that's I think that's beyond the pale even for them. But it's weird that sexist comments are still really, really common in the workplace. It's it's a laugh, you know, um, and it's something that I find it's difficult because if you start going, look, that's not on, guys, then you're the you know you're, you're no fun. So, well, you know, well, you know, fun if you do that, but you are a decent human being, um, yeah, and with no friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, what would you rather? I think, like, David, you you have the power to like actually maybe call them up. Maybe actually, maybe some of them are even like thinking the same thing. Like, oh, is this gone a bit too far? Is this yeah. a bit blah, blah, blah. And I think the whole the whole thing with like getting rid of sexist banter. It's only going to go if the men start calling in the other men. Because we talk about it all the fucking time. No one's listening. Mm. Like, we, we can't make the men stop. You have to make the men stop, David. Mm. Um, not just you. But yeah, yeah. You have, you have, I think you have more power than you realise to, to speak up. Mm. It is. It is I, I, I agree. It, I, I mean, I think the problem is... I, I noticed it particularly then because I was new. It was quite... A, it's quite a scary new job we're trying to create a good impression if you're out with a boss you don't really want to be going you're a bit of an old sexist aren't you mate you know that's <laughs> it's, it's not it's not it's not that easy you know um and but it's okay now because i've gone freelance so i don't have to deal with these kind of guys okay. anymore but it, i was going to say it is it is tough though because it, i mean it's obviously more so for men that they'll be overhearing this but I personally also feel that as a woman as well, you know, there were times, especially when I was a teenager, when there were things going on and you feel a bit of a pressure to like, to be cool and chilled and like not mm. be the kind of spoil sport one and like, just bounce with the guys. And there were certainly things that I wish now I'd had like the guts to, or you know, or the withdrawal to actually say, guys, you know, it's really not making me feel a bit uncomfortable actually. Um, but it is hard to be that person, especially when it's presented in a way that it's humor. Because I think if someone was just sitting there going like, and just really like attacking a woman or like talking like violently about women, you could prob you'd probably just be like, whoa, what's going on? But when it's kind of jokes, it's, it's hard because you don't want to be the kind of the one who's like making it serious suddenly. But I think like Megan said, like, you know, there's ways you can do it. Like rather than just being like getting up and slamming your drink down and quitting your job or whatever. Just saying like, whoa, I feel a bit uncomfortable at this. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. it's contagious as well when you stand up for yourself. Yeah. I think confidence catches on. And I think when you see someone do it, you do it yourself. So I think, I think you, yeah, you should definitely, definitely say something at least. I, um, I think... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, move on to the next one. Yeah. I was just going to just say one last thing, which is that I think with, the, with the, what's been going on this last year with Me Too movement and Time's Up, I think it's almost given men and women more permission to feel that they can actually... Mm -hmm say that's not okay in a way that maybe we didn't feel comfortable before yeah. which is a good thing um okay shola next Hi. one i should have just taken those i'll take that one <laughs> um so we have joe fisher she wants to be there hi joe hi stand up Thanks joe for coming. <laughs> stand up for your rights <laughs> hello I wasn't expecting one to be picked, so I'm Yay. sorry if I don't... I'm not eloquent. Um, but mine was about loneliness in your 20s, but I guess it spans over all ages, so 
not specifically just for my age group. Um, but what's, what I want to get off my breasts tonight is the idea of loneliness and how little it's talked about and how hard it is to be honest about it. So it kind of stems on from what you were saying about life online and how deceptive it can be and how people have, they post things, but it's not very reflective of what life really is. And then we all feel like we have to keep up with it and blah, blah, blah. But there's that element of, of so for example, I, I'm quite active on social media and I give quite a good impression that I'm busy all the time and I'm with people all the time. But actually I spend a lot of my time feeling quite lonely Firstly, it's, it's quite uncommon for people to admit that as well, so I don't get a lot of people around me admitting the same thing, which makes you feel lonelier sometimes. Um, but also, it's, it's, it's hard to convince people that you're genuinely lonely when all they can see is, oh, but you were out with coffee with this person, you went to cinema with this person, and they, you know, it's just another element of, of um, trying to convince people that your life isn't really what they see. And it, yeah. it just, it, it pisses me off sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Woo! Yes. Well, I mean, I would like to say thank you for being open and honest. Um, and, I mean, last year I felt pretty lonely, actually, um, after my breakup. And I'm lucky because I live with my best friend. Uh, but he was actually working away in New York. And um, I tried to keep busy, sort of, like, meeting up with people. And it's so crazy because I do have, like, quite a lot of Twitter followers. If you don't follow me already, you can follow me online. Um, and um, I was going to my friend's one night and uh, he kind of just cancelled at the last minute because he was, he was feeling a bit ill and I was just like, my whole day was like, I wanted to kind of come and see you, you know, I'm struggling, but I hadn't kind of wanted to overwhelm people. And it was like, I really needed to see you kind of thing. But it wasn't just like, oh, let's just do it next week or something. And I think it can be really hard to admit when you are lonely, actually. And, and I think that, because I think that particularly when we're in a relationship as well, you tend to kind of like just get absorbed into that person. That's the person you do. So I think when you, when you come out of something, you're kind of like, oh shit, I've let my friendships wither away a little bit. But I'm in a really good place at the moment. And it's actually just come down to some like really small but consistent changes that I've made. So um, I realise that a lot of the interactions that I have have been quite superficial and like, you know, just media events and online and kind of work social things like this. Kind of, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time here tonight. But um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I, I speak to my auntie every Monday now because we would go for months without speaking. But, oh, I forgot to call busy. But we speak every Monday night at nine o'clock. And on Thursdays, I go to Lewisham and I watch films with the boys, my, my, my best friend Ben and his, his brother. Um, and, uh, you know, on Saturdays, I go and meet my, my other friend, Ben, um, and we go for coffee and we go into liberties and we go shopping and everything. So um, just, just those little things, having that regularity, it doesn't take a lot, but it's, it's about nurturing some real-life relationships with real people. And I think that, you know, as, as a millennial in, in London, you know, miles away from my family, you, you have to put that effort in. You know, and, and people may not know that, that you're you're feeling lonely because it looks like you're busy on the outside. But um, yeah, that's what I would suggest. I feel like it's taken a very serious turn. I mean, I, I, can I can I just add? It's also it's also taking the time to make peace with being on your own, mm. and that balance between being alone and being lonely. And I'm 
very confident that I can enjoy my own company and I like being on my own a lot of the time. It is just those maybe Sunday mornings when you're feeling a bit, you know, you've got Sunday-itis and you're feeling a bit more lonely than usual. And you have a dog? (laughs) I'm not really a dog person, but I don't think that's going to get a good reaction. I would love a cat. (laughs) Daughters? But I I think you made such a really great point there about how we really need to understand the difference between a social media presence and a real life life because I think we all know we all know that that amazing holiday mm. you know that person had to sit in an airport probably had to do some mm. grim stuff to get there we block all that out and just see the picture of the beach and like our human brain we, we only take that one picture and make yeah. it into this whole narrative and I think I've had friends with real mental health problems but their Instagram's amazing mm. so you're fine you haven't got any problems and it's just kind of, I think we need to make sure that um, we really believe people when they say something to us mm. and not going off just how they look on the internet. And I think that always stems from real life conversations. But I mean, admitting it even now, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I think also you raised a really good point about the difference between being alone and being lonely. And actually, I felt my most lonely at times when I've been with a, I've surrounded by quite a lot of people but it might be that you're dealing with something at that moment that you can't talk to anyone there mm-hmm. so and everyone's laughing and having a good time and you're just like no one gets it you know it's, and you can feel really lonely even when you've got company but it's like you it's like you were saying Paris it's like taking it back into the real world nurturing those real life connections and also for all of us if we're not feeling lonely like look around at your friends look around at the people that you know you know and like reach out to them and make sure that they're not feeling lonely and try and make sure mm-hmm. we're kind of all supporting each other and building actual real life communities as well as online ones there's been a lot as well with the joe cox foundation i think she's done like a uh, well that foundation has done a big movement around loneliness and trying to support that i think it's a real it's a real thing and i'm glad people are getting behind especially it. with elderly people as well it's mm-hmm. a re- yeah. yeah yeah should we have our final get it off yeah. your breasts and then um we can have some more drinks. Oh, we got <laughs> cocktails. Um, <laughs> Eleanor, if she wanted to talk about her topic. Eleanor, here we go. Ah. Yes, over here. Thanks, Jola. Hi. Um, so my issue is, I feel like I'm spending so much money for my friends' milestones. So whether it's a Hindu's weddings. This is Baby juicy. <laughs> yeah. So great. I mean, I'm really happy. Like, I love that. It's just, I'm not sure I'm going to get married. I don't know if I want to get married. Should I have a party for myself and then everyone... <laughs> this, do it. This, this, what do you think tonight is? <laughs> this is literally an episode of Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I actually just interviewed someone called Emily Hill. She's got a book out called Bad Romance. I don't know if any of you have read it. It's an amazing book. And she crowdfunded that book um, on a website called Unbound. It's kind of like the Kickstarter for books. And um, sent it out to her friends. Hi, guys. Um, as you know, I'm single. And I, just that's a side note. But I've written this amazing book. Just spent hundreds of pounds on your shit hen. Um, no, she didn't say that. Just the hen. And um, she was just like, it's 20 pounds. Like, can you all just uh, give me some money? And it was hard. People didn't hand over their cash. And I, she was saying she felt a bit robbed. 
And I thought it was an interesting point to make because that's a lot of money spent on other things. It's even though you bullshit. love them. If somebody f- actually finds someone to love and then you have to pay them <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate that, like, you're getting fucking married. You're getting a house. Like, I'm not buying you a fucking toaster. <laughs> Do I sound really bitter? I'm a bit bitter. But I've, I've been to... I'm going to sound really stingy and weird now, but I've been to weddings when you've gone... You know, it's when you go abroad, and especially when you're, like, a bit younger, maybe you're not working as much or whatever, and you haven't got that much money, so you have to really save up, and you get the flight, you get the hotel, um, you know, you spend a lot on the holiday. I've, like, not bought them gifts. Like, if there's a gift list, I'm like, no, 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 I'm here. And I think that's okay. And I think that's the thing. If someone's having a milestone, like, if I was, you know my birthday, whatever, and I had a birthday party, I don't expect everyone to bring me a present, but if someone wants to because they actually genuinely want to, that's fine too. Um, But maybe, in answer to your question, you should just throw yourself a me party and just, you know, but just have a fun time and if people want to give you a gift, that's fine, but if they don't, they don't. I don't think we should have pressure. I hate this kind of pressure to give gifts. I hate Christmas gifts as well. It's like we have to buy stuff at Christmas. Like, why don't you just, if you see something in the shop and it makes you think of that person and you go, that'll make them smile... Then you do it and you buy it for them. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I hate that feeling of standing in boots and feeling, oh, I've got to get this. I've got to get this shit three for two that I don't actually want. You know, because otherwise my auntie will hate me, you know. And I, I genuinely don't do gifts. You know, people get themselves into debt and my grandma will be, you know, like in June, oh, I'm still paying off my credit cards from Christmas. And I'm like, who are you getting yourself into debt for? What, for me? For everybody else? To buy me gifts that I didn't even want? So, yeah, I think if people really love you, they should understand and just be happy to see you and feel that you're all right, you know? Well, you know, like, I would just rather get food um, <laughs> off anyone for any kind of gift. I think that's much nicer than a, than a yeah. bloody boot sanctuary yeah. gift set that no one's going to use. Give me the cookies, damn it. Oh, that is such a good one. That really, really is. Thank you for ending on that one. Just say a big thank you to David as well because yeah. you are one of the only guys here, and you stood up and you raised a really good point as well. So we really yeah. appreciate that. So thank you also yeah. to David. Happy International Women's Day! Everyone. Yeah, in- happy International Women's Day. If you want to relive tonight in all its glory, it will be on iTunes like tomorrow night. Um, but in the meantime, honestly, thank you because this is our first show. It's a really new podcast. We've only done eight episodes so far, and it means so much that you came. And I hope everyone mingles and we can just chat, and um, we really appreciate it. So thank you. And also just to say we have so many incredible guests coming up for this season we've just kicked off with Stella Creasy but we have some fantastic guests so um, if you can go online work to either iTunes and ACAST and subscribe then you'll get all the juicy guests but I have to say we've had some incredible guests tonight so huge thank you to Megan and Harris thank you